0: Several years ago, Gene Harbstreet was an electrician working as a contractor at a company that serviced industrial control systems. He found the gizmos and the gadgets and the electronics rather interesting, so he enrolled at Cincinnati State, earned an electromechanical engineering degree, and Street worked for a few manufacturers, then for an engineering firm, before striking out on his own with PA Technologies. His company delivers industrial automation or manufacturers. I'm Rob Braun, and this is Gene Harbstreet's take on how you make it. Presented by Heritage Bank, member FDIC. Gene, welcome. I have been so excited about the opportunity to talk to you because I have no idea what you do. (laughs) Not not a clue.
1: (laughs) Most people don't.
0: set us up and tell us what you do on a daily basis. Uh, so, we design
1: industrial automation systems. Um, have you ever seen the show, How It's Made? Yeah. So, behind all those machines are programmable logic controllers, uh, HMI systems, servers. Um, so, we design um, and build those systems for customers.
0: So, is it the physical side? Is it the machine you build or is it the IT side? It, it is the electronic side. Okay. Um, we don't actually do the physical machine parts.
1: Um but we would probably um, integrate several different machines together for a customer. They might be different types of platforms.
0: Yeah, so it, the one machine would feed the other. Yeah. You figure out how to do that and, and continue making what they want to make. Yep. So I'm learning as we go here already. Let's. So let's go backward now and talk about how you were exposed to this sort of thing, when the light bulb went off, and what you did about it. When
1: I was a young man, I I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of high school, so I uh, worked for an electrical contractor, and they did both residential and industrial work. Um, So I did the residential with them for a little bit, and then they moved me to the industrial side, and they started sticking us in uh, manufacturing plants, and that's where I got introduced to automation. Um, We would build control panels for customers. We would start them up for them. We would set up instrumentation for them, and um, those gizmos and gadgets really – Piqued my interest, and that's kind of how I got into it. Um, From there, I decided to to, um, get an engineering degree. Um, That was painful because I was working full time, uh, second shift. Um, Sometimes I would work day shift and go to school at night. um, Many times during the summer, full time. And I worked for a manufacturer. Finished my school. Um, they helped pay for it, tried to get in the engineering department there. They didn't have any openings, so we just kind of mutually parted ways, and I started working for another manufacturer in their engineering department. I uh, worked for them for a couple years, um, got a lot of exposure, and then I went to the consulting business, engineering consulting, uh, I did that for about five years before I,
0: I went out on my own. So originally I thought you did this a whole lot younger, you really have invested a lot in achieving your ultimate goal. So it took you a, a lot of years to do that, sounds like. Yeah.
1: The electrician part was uh, probably two, uh, th- three years. I was in, in the industrial maintenance portion for five or six, um, consulting uh, for five, and then been out on my own
0: for five now. So at what point during that process did you think I could work for myself doing this? Yeah. Or did you have this entrepreneurial bug? I, I kind of always
1: have. Um, I just, didn't know where I could do it I had kids when I was younger and so some of that stuff kind of got in the way when things kind of settled down I was like well here's an opportunity I saw there was a need in the market inside of our space uh, customers they typically go to an engineering firm they design the system some other contractor installs it you know after that there's kind of no end support Um, so we recognize that you know customers need someone that will design build install and service all from one spot. So we're actually the only system integrator in Cincinnati that, that does design build all under one building. Oh wow. And so it, it streamlines the um, commissioning process for customers, um, having that all under one roof. The journey was, was, was not a straight path. Yeah. Um, I wish that it was, but my business partners and I had worked for um, our old engineering firm for several years. Um, we just kind of felt that they weren't invested in in that discipline of the business, um, so we decided to,
0: to venture out on our own. So usually, when people decide to start a business, it, it, life financially at least, emotionally also goes backwards, where it becomes tougher. Did it happen for you, or were you just automatically doing well?
1: I, I did okay. Yeah, you know, I wasn't like a wealthy, wealthy person, but you know, I had everything I needed. My kids had everything they needed. Um, but money was not the, the deciding factor for me to start my business. I just got kind of tired of my old firm of doing the same thing over and over and over again, and I wanted something that was a challenge. And I, I certainly got that probably probably a little more than I wanted, but the, the financial part was definitely not the motivator. It's still not the day. I, I like seeing our employees succeed. I like seeing our customers happy. Majority of our business is repeat business, and I'm happy
0: that we can do that. You just mentioned something that everyone we've talked to says, and that is you're not in it for the money, and it's the ride that is intriguing. Yeah, it's a battle every day. Um,
1: You really have to get up and and be persistent about what you're doing and help push the same results out every day from from what you're doing to what your employees are doing, to what your customers
0: are getting from you. So take me from the engineering to the build to the servicing um, are, you're taking what? I mean, I, I can't even imagine still exactly what you do. You're engineering a machine? Sometimes uh, customers have
1: mach- several machines they need to get integrated, but a lot of the things that we do, um, we primarily specialize in um, consumer goods industry. So we do a lot of batch making. So a customer might they might be making like a, a laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. So we will do the, the front-end programming of that where it helps them make that particular material. From there, it goes into further processing. It might get packaged in a bottle, a box, a drum. Um, So we kind of do all those automation pieces from front to back. I wish there was a more simple way to explain it, but it it is kind of complicated. Um, There's several engineering disciplines involved from uh, process to mechanical, structural, electrical, instrumentation and controls, and the automation discipline that we focus on is the very back end of the project. So usually the building's already built um, yeah, or 90% along the way before
0: we even show up on site. And you have to finish it, essentially. Yep. You have to make it work. You have to make the detergent make detergent.
1: Yeah, we have to make the equipment make detergent. Yeah. Um, so we'll write the software, we'll test it with the customer at our facility, and then we'll go to site and help them commission it as well as validate it Um, The validation process between markets can be drastically different. Um, Consumer goods, pretty simple. Pharma, extremely more complicated. A a traditional consumer goods project that takes a year, a pharmaceutical one might take a a year and a half or two years um, just because of the validation portion. Meaning the government involvement? Regulations, paperwork, um, change control, (laughs) the government uh, mostly. I mean I have some
0: friends who, who do. Pharmacy controls essentially is what they do, which is very uh, difficult because of, you know, you're taking a drug that could be illegal uh, and they have to figure out how to account for it, keep it safe, move it to the next place, all that. And so I know it's tough. So when you when you brought this idea to your wife, what did she say? I don't have a wife. Oh, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Now I get it. Now I get it. Okay, good. So you don't have a wife. So that worked out. So nope, um, <laughs> you didn't have anybody else to convince, and you convinced yourself eh, this was a good idea.
1: I, I mean, I still have a good relationship with um, Evan and Caitlin's mom. Um, you know, So she's supported me on, on the journey because I, I have relied on her quite a bit. But, yeah, I, I, I have had to travel quite a bit, spend quite a bit away from home because most of the projects we do, they're not. In Cincinnati yeah um, so yeah at times I do have to spend quite a bit of time away um, so that's
0: the frustrating part uh, seeing the end result of the projects really rewarding yeah well and you point out the fact that nobody can start a business alone you have to have a support structure in order for it to fly
1: yeah my kids have been um, really supportive of it it's, it's been a long journey for all of us from something that I started on my couch to now we have a nice building in Evendale with. Evendale Engineering team, manufacturing team,
0: and that was your goal, right? I mean, are you achieving what you thought about on the couch?
1: We have, as a business owner, you you kind of always have this feeling that I'm not doing it quick enough, or this isn't good enough, or so there's always second guessing, um, and sometimes I have to take a step back and say we're a lot further than we should have been, um, considering. We started in 2018. We were about a year in and COVID hit, um, which was difficult. Um, we were extremely busy during COVID, but it made it difficult to operate the business. Um, and following that extreme supply chain issues, yeah. which we're still reeling from, we had to kind of redesign the business um, so we could service our customers effectively
0: post-COVID. Have you ever had the panic? The I don't know if I'm going to make payroll this month.
1: No. That's We've good. always been pretty cash flow positive. When, when, when I started the business, uh, capital was certainly an issue. We tried to, I tried to create a relationship with several banks, banks that I had banked with for 20 years, yeah. um, you know, couldn't get a business relationship with them. It was extremely frustrating. And it's uh, probably the most difficult part of starting a business is getting capital, yeah. e- even if you have assets. If you don't have assets it's even more complicated yeah you got to have a lot of friends if you don't have assets <laughs> yeah um you know like uh, my one friend he has a very successful um mechanical contractor company and you know I asked him one day I said how did you start it and he said well I kind of lied to my wife but I hawked everything uh uh-huh. and so I got to the point where I just okay if I'm going to do this then you got to put all the chips on the table and Yeah. So anything that I owned, you know, that's how we, we started the the company. Well, that's fascinating. That's a big step. It was quite the gamble, you know, looking back um, now, maybe I was a little crazy um, when I, I I turned 34 at the time and kind of like that age kind of triggered something in me. I was like, how did I get to this point? I haven't done all these other things that I want to do. And so that fall, I had taken a trip to Glacier National Park, and I took the train out there. I spent two days on a train thinking about what I'm going to do when I'm going to get back. Spent seven days camping, backpacking, hiking, whitewater rafting. Two days back on the train, came back, had a vision, and I think a week later is we kind of set things in motion and got everything started. But that trip was kind of a, a way for me to reboot and say, you know, this isn't working. I'm not happy. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of went from there.
0: So you mentioned that you were up against the wall with the bankers that you were used to dealing with. Um, so you ended up at Heritage. How, How did that happen? Oh, it was a long journey. Um, yeah, I had a lot of business
1: associates introduce me to other banks. Um, you know, I went to their expos and their conferences and met people and, you know, gave them paperwork and, things would stall for months and months and months. Um, and, um, my brother-in-law, he had introduced me, um, to his CPA accounting firm. Um, and so they were kind of our starting, um, firm that we worked with. We still work with them, but they helped us get the business started. And, um, you know, I voiced to him my frustrations I said, Hey Fred, like, I'm not getting anywhere with this. Like, you know anyone that can help me? And he said, yeah, actually I do. And he introduced me to Barry Lampley. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it was, you know, maybe three or four days later, Barry came to our office and we had a long conversation. Um, and we were kind of in a point where we had all this work and um, we needed to grow and we couldn't get capital to do it. And when you work with a large bank, um, they, they don't understand those things. You know, you can present them, you know all these orders that you have, but if you don't have the history of operating a business for X number of years, they just they just kind of turn them turn away from you. Yeah. So we had some discussions with Heritage and about you know what our needs were, and um, I think maybe about three weeks later we had a deal done, and you know we agreed to to relocate um, all of our operations into Heritage, and we've been with them for four years, I think, four years, maybe four and a half years. And was that a simple process? With Heritage, yeah. Yeah. Um, Other banks, no. I mean, I would, some of their people, I would track them down for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, It it was extremely frustrating, and it was really kind of hurtful because these were banks that I've banked at for years, and I had mortgages with them and car loans, and they were all, you know, taken out, paid in full, no late payments. There was a long business relationship, but... From a business perspective, I wasn't good enough, I guess, you know.
0: um, Well, you got to hit a certain algorithm or or it doesn't you're not even, they can't even help you. There's no bending of any edges. No, they're just like,
1: you can't even like talk to their, you know, loan people and establish a relationship with them and have them understand your business. At the end of the day, it's these check boxes and you have to meet them and you don't meet them. It's, sorry, see you later. Yeah. So the, the good news
0: is you wor- it worked out, and now you're cooking. With-
1: it did. Um, without them, I, I, I don't know where we would be um, from, um, you know, helping us with several financial products, um, mortgages, revolving lines of credit, um, helping us get equipment loans. Uh, I mean, they're one of the main, re- main reasons we've been
0: successful. So for others who are thinking about starting a business, whether it be as technical as yours or as simple as ice cream. Um, did you, let's help them understand your mindset. When you were at, where uh, did you go to high school? Elder. When you went to Elder, did you have any inkling that someday you wanted to work for yourself? I think I thought about it. You know, I was young and naive
1: back then. Um, <laughs> so there other things I wanted to do. Uh, but yeah, the, the older I got, certainly, yeah, I was, definitely wanted to, to do something on my own. Yeah, when me and my um, cousin were young, you know, we, he had a, um, a grass-cutting business, and I, I always helped him with it, um, and I kind, kind of always admired his ambition to go and do all that stuff, um, and so maybe that's where that seed got planted originally, was yeah. um, us working really hard on the hot summer day.
0: Yeah, and you picked out a place you wanted to be, and you went there. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, it it wasn't a a
1: straightforward path. I remember, you know, when I first kind of got into it, I I wanted to to learn learn about it. And I didn't have a lot of money back then. And, um, you know, the the software that you program this stuff with, the training, it's extremely expensive. Um, So... I was like, well, what can I get for free? Uh, so they they do have PLCs you can get for free, and some of the software is free. So I bought one on eBay because um, brand new they're extremely expensive. So I, th- I think I paid a couple hundred dollars for it. Uh, but I I used it in the garage, and I hooked my Christmas lights up to it, and um, you know had it turn the Christmas lights off and on, and <laughs> do all the all this all this weird stuff. And the neighbors probably thought I was crazy. Yeah, that's that's kind of where. it it went from an idea to actually doing it. Do you know how many people started their business in the garage? I mean, I, I believe um, Bezos did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I've think i heard this story that he used to, um, when he hired someone, he would set up sawhorses and he would buy tables from, or not tables, but old doors. And he would put the door on the sawhorses and that's where they would work from. I don't know if that's true, but that,
0: that's what we do on the farm. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gene, thanks very much for talking to us. This has been fascinating. Congratulations on your success. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure being here. Ian Addington is a commercial loan officer at Heritage Bank. But when you're learning about these other businesses, can you then take those uh, learned experiences and deliver it to someone else who may benefit from not falling into that pitfall, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. There's there's a lot of overlap in in kind of the challenges that businesses face, even if they're in different industries. Yeah, you know, as like I said, cash flow is, is is a big one that I I'm a, I'm a help with. But it, you know, you you take what you learn with one guy, you apply to the next guy, and then that guy thinks you're a wizard, while the other guy was you know learning along with you. Whether you own a business or you want to start one. There's inspiration and sound advice from entrepreneurs in your own backyard. I'm Rob Braun, and I'm hosting a new podcast called How You Make It. Throughout my career on television, I own several small businesses, and I'm still at it. I love talking to my fellow entrepreneurs, and I learn something from every conversation. I think you will, too. How You Make It, presented by Heritage Bank, wherever you get your podcasts.